Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by First Watch. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We, mo- we probably won't get everything that happened as we're recording on Tuesday night today on this podcast, but luckily we have one every day, 30 minutes. Uh, but we are definitely going to be talking about the latest on P.J. Washington, a grad transfer taking a visit to Kentucky, and Kyle's latest on The Athletic on Reed Travis. I was there for some of the questions, and there's some definitely cool pieces uh, that we want to want to talk about. Um, but obviously... Kyle, we got to start with the biggest news of the day, and it's really not technically any news, but <laughs> but we have to kind of update the whole uh, P.J. Washington situation. On Monday night, John Calipari had his call-in show. He said, we don't know if P.J. is going to play this weekend yet. He also said that they plan to take the cast off Tuesday, which is the day we're recording right now, we do not have any idea if that cast has been taken off, any of those updates. But uh, Kyle just, I mean, it, obviously there's not a ton to take from what Calipari said there. Uh, no, no. I mean, if they did take the cast off, that we don't know the results of that yet. Um, you know, the other development is Seth Greenberg um, on his podcast with Dan Dockich said that he thinks PJ will play and, and Dockage said, Oh, does that mean Cal just texted you? Uh, and he said, no, I, I haven't talked to him, but I've talked to other people and I, I just think he's going to make an appearance. Um, and obviously said that he thought that would make a big difference for Kentucky against Houston. Now I, I think it posted early this morning. So it would have been before PJ got it, you know, even, even had to cast off to examine the foot. Uh, to me, that sounds to me, that sounds a little bit like guessing <laughs> or, you know, somebody he talked to maybe with some wishful thinking. Uh, I've not spoken to anyone. I've checked with a couple of people who just continue to say we have no idea. <laughs> so I've not heard back from PJ's dad lately. So I think it remains a mystery. Uh, I think they're still in a good spot to go beat Houston without PJ Washington. They'd feel a lot better if they had him, but, you know, you – in your zap, your latest zap router, which we seem to be having a lot of those lately, but uh, your sort of freeze frame of the they 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 posted Kentucky's official account posted a little video of the big guys working out in practice Monday yesterday I think, and it, you you saw uh, Nick and EJ and Reed and as Reed is like making his move over his shoulder, you can you slowed it down and you could see someone else that looked like shirtless waiting in line to go through the drill in the distance, blurry. Pretty clearly Keldon Johnson, I think. Um, well, obviously, I mean, it had to be because it wasn't P.J. Washington. I mean, Calipari saying it, he was going to have the cast off on Tuesday. It was obviously Keldon Johnson. Um, and, and that tells me that they're continuing to work this plan of having him available to play the four. Um, he's working with the big guys. So I, I tweeted out a prediction. Um, and it wasn't based on any intel, just how I feel about 
how he can potentially play that position that Kentucky will unleash the power forward version of Kelvin Johnson in that Houston game. And I think he has a big game. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a, a very big possibility. Uh, it should be also noted when you're talking about Seth Greenberg, he did have a tweet as well. And he said, because someone asked him if he was going to, like, does this mean PJ is definitely going to play? And he replied, I would expect him to play no sources. So that kind of backs up your point, Kyle, that it is kind of a feel thing and not anything that is that is definite. And obviously we are all waiting. And while well, I'm, I'm sure UK coaches are waiting too, because once you get the cast off, you do all the testing again. So, I mean, I don't, the, the, con, the conspiracy side of this, I don't think is accurate. Uh, at all and uh, Kyle I think you agree with that like it everything is what they're saying it is it isn't like some mystery injury uh, where they're trying to protect like a, an embarrassing injury where he I don't know kicked kicked something because he was angry or something silly like that like I, I, everything that was laid out uh, was what happened and they're just trying to adjust to, to how he feels and I was listening to the behind Kentucky basketball podcast with Joel Justice and some other guy. And I thought that like he kind of had the basically the easiest summation. And, it, and Joel said that P.J. is injured. When P.J.'s healthy, he'll play. Like, that's what it is, right, Kyle? I mean, I think we're, like sometimes we overanalyze these things and try to figure yeah. out a lot more than just like being, okay, this is, this is what it is. And, you know, yeah. you kind of can't do much either way, specifically as a coach. You got to... Calipari said how many numerous times that he lets the players, he said the players know their bodies the best. He leans on them and the doctors to make these decisions. He doesn't let, he doesn't decide when a guy's going to play. That's never like his call. Can I say asshole on the podcast? I think you just did. I, you know, I, I continue to think that if you tweet and tag PJ Washington, as I've seen people do, saying, I hope you didn't do this in the locker room and not on basketball. I hope you didn't do this playing pickup. I hope you didn't do this doing something stupid. You know, if you know, tough it out, suck it up. All the different things that people are tweeting at him, and now there are plenty of people supporting him. I think it's always important in these situations to, to note that these are the – and, I like, I'll be – I think I can say this. I had this conversation with PJ's dad on Saturday morning. He was not happy. Uh, he called me and just said, like, why are people like this? Uh, because he was reading some of the comments and the replies, saying some of these things um, about somebody's 19-year-old kid, a sophomore in college, who is worth several million dollars and who is, you know, I don't think he's out there just protecting draft stock. I don't think there's even a situation where he can really make himself worse it's really about can he go? Is he in a, is he in too much pain to go? Uh, and even if he is protecting his draft stock, it's not your body, it's not your money, it's not your kid, and he is a teenager, and you are an asshole if you are tweeting at PJ Washington some of this stuff. I mean, you just are. I I, I don't know any other way to put it. Like. <laughs> You are just, and I apologize if your kids are listening in the car. It is just so screwed up <laughs> to do that. I, I, I can't even comprehend the headspace you'd have to be in to think it's okay to tweet at PJ Washington. Like, I hope you didn't hurt it this way. Who can, I, like, 
what business is it of yours? Like, what if he did? He didn't, but what if he did, like, get mad and kick the locker in the locker room, and that's how he hurt his foot? Yeah. What business is it of yours to tell him that? Like, because what? Because you, because what does he owe you? <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I, I really, I'm struggling with just not, like, lashing out at people that I see do that online because it's not my place. PJ is, he, he can stand up for himself if he wants, but it's, uh, it is obnoxious. Um, I know everybody wants him to play. I think PJ Washington really <laughs> wants to play. Yes. I think he'd like to go to the final four. You know, he bothered to come back to school. I think he'd like to finish this thing. Yep. You know, I think he'd rather not be getting crapped on by people saying he's soft and he's this and he's that. I think if his foot is well enough to play, he'll play and he'll be really good. But if it's not, he won't. And then you should not be an asshole and tweet at him. Okay, that's your limit. So, I think three is the is the um, government mandated limit. But yep. I just, man, <laughs> it's been like it's you know, and I it's, I tried to tell um, PJ's dad like you know the thing that I said at the top like this is this this is the vocal minority. Uh, I think by and large, every fan base, most fan bases have a bunch of good people and a handful of crazy people and rude people and people who have no perspective and think that it's okay to talk to teenagers and college students uh, like they're property. Um, and they're not. And so get over yourself. And if he plays, he plays. And if he doesn't, like, you know, climb out of the space in which what a teenager does uh, on the basketball court, like dictates your life to the point that you could be monstrously mean to a college kid. Yep. Who's injured. That's all I'm done. Okay. That's a good one. And if you are listening in your car with your kids, we hope you, when you get into your car, you tell your smart speaker to play locked on Kentucky. You can listen on the new Himalaya podcasting app as well as Apple podcast, Google podcast, and Spotify. Coming up next, we are going to be talking about a possible grad transfer. What? Reed Travis Part Two is is due. When you say due, is that is that French for two, Kyle? Did you ever take French? Part due. Okay, part due. That makes it sound super smart. <laughs> so, but before, like something Reed Travis would say. That's what I was trying to get at because um, Reed Travis is way smarter. Um, than all of us. But before we talk about that grad transfer, I do want to tell you guys about First Watch, which was recently voted Lexington's Best Breakfast. And they got a new location in town near the mall, um, right there behind, in front of Target, and near that little little area right there across the street from the mall. You can go check out the newest First Watch. I got to get over there pretty quick because I want to eat some million-dollar bacon. Um, they also got all kinds of other you know, seasonal dishes and all your classic uh, breakfast favorites. First Watch is just a breakfast and lunch spot. They're open from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day, and they get busy. But they have the First Watch mobile app, which you can use to check on wait times and get in line before you even get there. It's so easy. They've also got restaurants up in Louisville and in Cincinnati, so if you're listening in those areas, go check out your local First Watch. First Watch, yeah, it's fresh. You are locked on Kentucky. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Nate Sestina. Kyle, 
Have you ever yes. heard of that name before tonight? Oh, yeah. I was very familiar with this game. <laughs> no, I'll admit, no. I didn't know it really anything about Bucknell's six foot nine, 245 pound center uh, from Pennsylvania named Nate Sestina, but he is now in the transfer portal. And, you know, uh, Calipari, I think he said something on his coach's show last night about yes. how Reed Travis basically has changed his feeling about these grad transfers. Um, and rightly so. I mean, we've talked about this. We talked about when we had Ben Roberts and, and, and Evan Daniels and some other recruiting people on that, look, if Kentucky, whether Kentucky missed or not in recruiting, they were probably going to need to go get a grad transfer big man or at least look into it. Uh, and the Reed Travis experiment has been wonderful for them. I mean, to have a guy in the middle anchoring your defense, uh, you know, fighting for rebounds, a physically mature, mentally mature guy um, it, like Reed Travis has been huge for them. And, and, you know, right now is sustaining them. They yes. are, their season's over if they don't have Reed Travis, like without a doubt. So, um, so here's this kid. He averaged 16 points and eight and a half rebounds um, at Bucknell this season. Interestingly, shot 38% from three, 81% at the free throw line. Um, in the Patriot League, he was all Patriot League. Um, that, to me, sounds like the perfect dude for this scenario for Kentucky. 6'9", 245, he's big, strong, but also has some touch. I watched his highlight videos. I got to tell you, like, pretty, you know, factory and level of competition, but, like, pretty impressive big guy. Has some skills, has some touch. Um, looks looks like he's not shy about contact. I mean, eight and a half rebounds a game at the Division One level is encouraging. I, You know, with all the really exciting, young you know, freakishly athletic pieces that they're adding. I mean, everything everybody's saying about what they're seeing from Tyrese Maxey this week is is very, 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 very impressed with him. He's going to be a super scorer. I think he'll lead them in scoring. Could be point guard or on the ball or off. Khalil Whitney, you saw him in the McDonald's dunk contest last night, throwing down crazy dunks, um, windmills and eyes at the rim dunks. When if you've got those pieces plus maybe adding somebody like this physically mature big strong guy who's also versatile enough to step out and play the kind of I think what they're going to end up playing some small ball stuff because he can shoot it I, he to me I I mean knowing minimal things about him other than what we've just talked about like that feels like a perfect. Reed Travis 2.0 for the for the the way next season's roster will be constructed. Yeah, you got to get some big guys. Obviously, they're losing Reed Travis to graduation. PJ Washington's all but a foregone conclusion. Uh, Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery will have decisions to make. I think most people believe that they should come back, but as we've seen in the past, those things are always kind of question mark. Uh, he is scheduled to make a visit per Jeff Goodman of Stadium uh, next Monday which is interesting because um, in in theory, Kyle, if Kentucky wins two more games, <laughs> they'd be preparing for a Final Four <laughs> and then they would have a visitor. But, you know, with the grad transfer, the timetables they have, I guess you got to do those situations if they arise. 
And I think Kentucky's coaching staff would would probably say, yeah, we can deal with that if we have to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, By the way, I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and okay. he's like in full flex mode with a tattoo on his bicep, and he is like, he's a Reed Travis type guy. I mean, he's like a super jacked uh, dude. Uh, you know, it, it this the more I'm like reading and looking at this guy, it like to me it feels like they were like, okay, what, where is like, what's the closest thing to Reed Travis that we can get? Um. I think the one of the first images that pops up if you Google him is this like he looks like a he looks like a heavyweight wrestler, uh, college wrestler. So I think that's that's a nice addition. And yeah, like the fact that uh, the fact that he would be in on a Monday as they might be preparing to go to the Final Four would certainly be probably help, a little distracting for the coaches, but also uh, probably a, a pretty strong. Uh, recruiting pitch. Yeah, that would probably be the the coaches like wouldn't have to recruit much. They would just be like, "Sorry, sorry, uh, Nate, we're 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 doing a little Final Four prep. If you want to get in on this for next season, you know you know where to where to sign." Um, on his little tattoo on his well, it's not a little tattoo because his biceps huge, but it's it's arrows. Do you think that's for the three arrows because he hits a bunch of threes? Could be. That's what I was just looking up. Uh, we said 38% from three. It's And it's not fluky, by the way. It's not like he hit, like, you know, four out of 11. He was 41 out of 108 from three this season. That's pretty good. So uh, made more free, more threes than P.J. Washington, I believe. Um, yeah, and they, yeah. Won, they won the Patriot League regular season this year, I was reading. Colgate beat them in the the championship game, and then they got to get take on Tennessee and give all the the Tennessee Colgate toothpaste jokes. Uh, I don't know this. I don't know if you know this or not. Is is Bucknell a smart school? I think right. Like seems like it sounds smart. <laughs> that was, that's what I was <laughs> kind of thinking. How smart we are that we don't know. Uh, what is that? One of them smart schools? They were do uh, that. Did they do a lot of that fancy book learning up in Bucknell? Uh, you know, I would assume, I mean, like they're in, they're in a, uh, a conference with the service academies and Lehigh and Boston university. Um, Bucknell's yeah, university ranking in the 2019 edition of best colleges in national liberal art, liberal arts colleges is 36th. That's pretty okay, good. So yeah, that's pretty good. Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Situated about three hours from New York, Washington, and Philadelphia. Man, maybe we should go cover the bison. We can hang out in all those cool cities. Still get the small town feel of Lewisburg. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about, speaking of Reed Travis 2.0, we're going to talk about Reed Travis 1.0, a.k.a. Reed Travis, because Kyle has an awesome piece on The Athletic about him. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Reed Travis really wants to get back to Minnesota, Kyle, and I don't think anybody is necessarily surprised by that, um, but you you got a chance to talk to him, and, you know, we often talk, we've told the tales about the locker room and how there's kind of some just massive groups of people around, and at one point, you and I were both talking to Reed Travis, and you asked these super secret questions about uh, Minneapolis and him going home, and then you you just ripped my phone out of my hand and deleted a video I was trying to take. <laughs> I smashed it. I smashed yeah. your phone 
and threw it in the toilet so you wouldn't post that audio. Uh, yeah, no, I spent uh, a couple weeks of open locker rooms kind of waiting out the crowd until nobody was around reading. Slowly but surely chipped away asking him questions about his hometown and, you know, what it would mean to get back there. Uh, the Final Four being in Minneapolis, the stadium where it's going to be played is a 1.8-mile bike ride, and that's how he always got around with his brother his kids, uh, from his parents' house um, and from the um, from the neighborhood Parks and Rec Center. Uh, Van Cleve, the Van Cleve Vipers was his uh, his uh, rec league team. Um, and, you know, he couldn't get much closer than that. And, and, you know, he won three state championships um, there in high school uh, at De La Salle, a dynasty. His brother actually just won one. His youngest brother just won one uh, this past week. Uh, and that high school's now won seven of the last eight. But, um, you know, his grandmother, is she's 76 years old. Uh, she doesn't get to many games in person, but she's been keeping his stats by hand since he was in Little League, <laughs> and uh, she still does it off the television. And she texts him all the time and says, get back to Minneapolis for me. And, uh, you know, some of the family's a little bit superstitious, like they're a little bit afraid to talk too much openly about it because they don't want to jinx it, but they desperately want him to finish his career in the Final Four there at home. And uh, Grandma is not shy. She texts him all the time saying, get back here for me, get back here for me. So, um, you know, he's kind of carrying that in his heart and it, it fuels him and drives him. And um, just in the bigger picture, not just his grandmother, but, you know, that that's a community that raised him. Um, all the parks and rec people, he tried all the sports there and had a lot of coaches. His dad coached him there. Um, you know, the people there at the high school and in their community, you know, they're family friends with Amy Klobuchar, who's running for president. Um uh, lives right around the corner from them. Uh, there's a bunch of people in Minneapolis and in their neighborhood in that uh, uh, Van Cleve Park area that helped him succeed, you know, helped him um, get an education and to the point that he could go and uh, succeed at Stanford and become a Stanford graduate. His brother is a Harvard graduate. Um, a lot of folks there in that community, his mom called it a village. I talked to his mom and his high school coach and his brother uh, for that story, as well as Reed. Um, hope people will check it out. It's kind of a long read about kind of what Minneapolis means to him and getting back there means to him or would mean to him. But, uh, yeah, it'd be a really cool moment. It would be the second time, maybe more, but for sure the second time I, that I know of that Cal would have taken somebody back home for a Final Four. That was a storyline for – Julius Randle when the 2014 team made their crazy run and got him home to Dallas uh, for the final four in uh, uh, four years ago, five years ago now. Yeah, obviously. And I, you know, I, I understand Reed, some of Reed's family's uh, hesitation about talking openly so much about the, the final four. I mean, I wouldn't call myself superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, I tell you what, we just got a couple minutes left uh, on this edition of the show. We got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about on the next one, next edition of the podcast, including Brad Calipari's fashion, one of our favorite topics, and the SEC coaching carousel because it's kind of been crazy. Um, but I didn't realize uh, the power of your Twitter account until I got a text from one of my college buddies uh, the other day, and they said, hey, man, are you okay? And I'm like, what? Yeah, what's wrong? He goes, I saw Kyle's Kyle Tucker's tweet about the plane 
and I just wanted to check on you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, man, we're all good. So <laughs> just a real quick recap of Kyle's and I's travel back uh, from Jacksonville. We got to, well, A, um, if you ever are in Jacksonville and need an Uber, make sure you give yourself like 45 extra minutes because those things take forever in that town and are way more expensive than most other cities I've been in. Um, but Kyle and I got to the airport. We got through security easy. We got on a plane, got to Atlanta, no problems. Got on our flight in Atlanta. Uh, plane takes off. We're in the air. Kyle, I didn't even notice the loud noise. Did you? Yes. You did? I mean, I said I was just like not paying attention at all. I had the volume on my headphones all the way up. But there was like a loud, I don't know, like whooshing and noisy deal. And basically the seal on the door wasn't properly sealed. And so they couldn't pressurize the cabin or whatever. And they turned us back around and sent us to Atlanta, back to Atlanta, where we then got a new plane and got to Lexington. Kyle and I both talked to one of the pilots on the plane, not the person that was flying it, but a guy that was just on the, the jump seat, they call him, in the cockpit. And he said we were never in any real danger, but... It's never fun to hear that overhead message, is it, Kyle? Uh, we, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be turning this plane back around and then landing <laughs> in Atlanta. It's like, uh, what now? Yeah, well, and also when I overheard the uh, the uh, flight attendant say, uh, I told them they need to get a new plane because I'm not getting back on this one. <laughs> uh, as we were still making our way back to Atlanta, so yeah, that was a little scary, and given all the the recent events of uh, airlines uh, and planes crashing. Um, you know, I've never been like a scared flyer at all. I'm not, I've never been an anxious flyer. I got a little more anxious. I had one kind of scary close call of a couple of years back uh, in some really bad weather where we like basically touched the runway and then zoomed right back up into the clouds and flew to a different city and had to take a cab, <laughs> very expensive cab ride. We've, we were, tried to land in Lexington we hit the runway, went back up, landed in very turbulent weather in Louisville, and then had the cab back. So I've been a little more anxious since then. And then with all this, uh, all these plane crashes, and you start to go like, I wonder, like how, like, are are we really taking care of all these planes? There's a lot of planes. Are they, are we really maintaining them all? Well, the uh, the ironic know? the ironic thing, Kyle, is when you and I were, it was we were walking through. I think we were walking to the plane in Atlanta, and we were just bypassing all these people. And you and I were talking. We're like, it is crazy to think that all these people are going all over the country, and how all this thing is set up. And then immediately we get in the air, and it's like, oh, we have a problem. It's like, wait, we yeah, just <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the the airline the airline system is kind of amazing and especially if you're like in atlanta and the atlanta crazy atlanta airport i think it's the biggest in the world um and you know they've got their own subway system of like five six different gates and you zoom underground to get there and i mean there's thousands upon thousands of people in there at any given moment of any day zigzagging the country and yeah i was like kind of marveling as we were walking at the uh not just not just the technology of human beings sitting on a thing and being uh, floating in the air and the clouds, but that like <laughs> many thousands of us are doing it and zigzagging back and forth with all this, you know, all the coordination it takes. And you go like, man, it would only take like one little thing to screw up and it would be a disaster. And then we get up in the air and uh, yeah, and, and the, the 
<laughs> cabin door is about to blow off. <laughs> yep. Not, not my favorite day of travel, so. No, it wasn't too good. Too great. We were like four hours later than we would have been. Uh, but we're all safe and sound. And apologies to Keith Taylor, who also covers the team, because I sat next to him on the flight from Atlanta to Lexington, and I was not very good company because I just took a nap because uh, I was very tired. And because Kyle kept me out super late the night, the last night in Jacksonville, because we were tearing up the town, Kyle. Like yeah, you do, yeah. like you doing. Eating fried cheese sticks. Uh, we had we had cheese every way possible. <laughs> we did. We had queso. We had, we ordered three appetizers, and there was queso dip. Uh, there was uh, fried cheese sticks, and, and then, uh, what was the third? Jal- shrimp jalapeno poppers. That's right. There we yeah, go with cheese. There, okay. Well, everybody's really excited to hear about that, but it was pretty delicious. We went to a place that had one thousand beers. Uh, in cans, right or bottles? I have no idea. Two hundred and seventy on tap. Yep, and you got a beer milkshake and tweeted about it, and then people made fun of your sprinkles. I don't care. Sprinkles and cookie butter and sprinkles around the edges of a glass that's filled with pumpkin beer and ice cream is. I don't. I mean, judge me if you want. It's freaking delicious. People judge us regardless. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thanks again to First Watch for sponsoring this edition of the show. As I mentioned on the next one, uh, we're going to talk about that SEC coaching carousel, Brad Calipari, and probably dip our toe into this weird Nike extortion story and whatever else news happens between now and then. Um, Until then, be sure to be following along with the show on social media. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. I recently updated the pinned tweet to include all the different locations you can get the podcast. Uh, also find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Please rate, review, subscribe, and uh, most importantly, share it. Follow along with each of us on social. You can find Kyle. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. I'm Not at, being an asshole. That dude, you just, now, uh, now I have to mark this as explicit. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> you can find me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, as Kyle's phone feedback with my title. We will talk to you guys soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Uh, Sestin? How do you say that kid's name? Sestina or something like that? Sestina. All right. Here we go.